I make $6,000 that weekend off of this one class. And I did an eBay class every single weekend for the next three and a half months teaching people how to sell on eBay. And that's how I got started with courses, webinars, and books, and all that other stuff. You're listening to the Winning to Wealth Podcast, where you'll hear real stories from real people who are on the path to building real wealth. These stories will show you how to earn more money, pay off debt, start investing, and make better money choices so you can build wealth for your future. Now, here's your host, Michael Lacey. What's up, what's up, what's up, teammates? This is episode 26 of the Winning to Wealth podcast, and it also happens to be week three of our side hustle series. Today, I'm joined by six-figure business coach and host of the Monetize Everything podcast, Mr. George Pitts himself. Now, I wanted to bring George on the show because one, I'm actually a fan of his and also because I believe he has just such a great mind when it comes to coming up with creative ways to monetize your natural gifts and your natural abilities. So if you have something that you're particularly skilled at, like maybe you can cook really well or maybe you can communicate ideas well or anything like that, and you're looking for a way to make some extra money, this episode is definitely one for you. And once you're done, I highly recommend that you go and connect with George on social media. Now, I'm going to be sure to link to George's profiles in the show notes, and you can find that over at winningtowealth.com slash episode 26 But definitely go check him out because not only does he drop a lot of stuff in this interview, he drops even more gems for you guys over on his social media platforms as well. Also, if you've been enjoying this side hustle series so far, be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this and leave a five star review on Apple Podcast or Stitcher. But that's enough with me. Let's jump right into this interview with Mr. George. Pitts. George Pitts, I am so glad to have you here today, my man. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. But I want to start off the interview by just having you walk us through some of your earlier side hustles. Like one of those, the one of the first things you did to make money. <laughs> so I was probably 12 years old. Um, my grandfather had just passed away. And so my, my grandmother got this thing called widow pension. And it wasn't very, it wasn't a lot of money. And at the time, you know, I was raised by my grandmother. So um, it was me, my sister, a couple cousins. You know, we, we were always raised by grandma. And, you know, it was tough making ends meet. So I started cutting lines in the neighborhood, right? So I started getting all these people asking me, you know, hey, can you cut our grass? You do such a good job when you cut ours. So before I knew it, I had like all these lines in my neighborhood. So what I did was my lawnmower had broke. And we had to take it to this place called uh, Corn Force Key Shop. It was a key shop and a lawnmower repair place in the back. I lived in a small city. So we took it there and they're like, well, you're not going to have it back for at least two or three weeks. So I had some friends in the neighborhood who had lawnmowers. And I said, yo, if you go and cut this yard for me, I'll give you $10. I was getting 20 for the yard and I was giving them 10 They're like, really? You know, back in the 90s, that was a lot of money. So I had three people in my in my friends that were cutting yards for me. And I was making like a hundred dollars a week and I, you know, and I was basically paying them out $10 each and I was profiting a hundred dollars a week while my lawnmower was getting repaired. And then once my lawnmower got fixed, it was back in business and I went from making a hundred dollars a week 
from having to pay them to $200 a week because I got most of my yards back because I didn't have to pay them anymore. And, uh, and so they kept coming to me like, yo, George, we need some candy money or we need some camp money or the ice cream money. You got any lawns you need to cut? So I started going around to uh, to different blocks, you know, in my area that was a little bit farther, that wasn't farther away, but just other streets. Because this was just one street I had all these lawns. I started just knocking on doors and probably every third door, they were like, yeah, you can do it. And before I knew it, I was doing about 10 lines a week. And then I had my friends doing about 10 to 15. And I got up to where I was making about two to $300 a week as a 13 year old. And that's how I was helping my grandma and stuff with bills and stuff at 13. That's the, that's probably the earliest thing I can remember outside of trying to sell Avon. So, I mean, tell me a little bit about just kind of some of the lessons you were able to learn about business and entrepreneurship and making money just through that experience. I learned at that point that if that money talks, um, you can motivate anybody with money, because most of my friends at the time, they didn't they didn't really need money like that. Right. Um, their parents, you know, were pretty well. You know, I mean, we were all in like we weren't like in the projects and you know? we were in a middle class area. But my grandfather, who had passed away, you know, he had a middle class job and he took care of all of us. So but when when he passed away and that income left, the widow pension was just like a quarter of that. So it wasn't much. But I learned that, you know, if you if you got money, you can motivate people regardless of what age. So I was motivating my friends. Yo, I give you ten dollars if you do this. And we used to go up to this little restaurant up the street called Goldie's and Goldie's was kind of like a Chili's, but it was for like a small town, like what I lived in. And, you know, if you went there and they, you were like big stuff, you know, you, it looked like you were big stuff. Now that I look back on it, they had a burger and fries meal for like four ninety nine. you know what I'm saying? Which was, which was the deal. So yeah. we would all cut grass. We would, we would go uh, jump in the shower. We dress up in our nice little short sets and we would all ride our bikes to Goldie's. You see like five bikes up there laying on the, on the, on the ground <laughs> and we'd be in there eating. Like we was just high sedity talking about all the money we made that day. So I just learned about how you can motivate people with money, man. And you, and you know, if you keep, if you keep people uh, paid, they'll keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. So let's kind of come into the present day. I mean, what are some of the ways now that you've been able to take those lessons, implement them and monetize your skills today? So, you know, what I learned was the, the importance of organization. Whenever I first started coming on, when I first started online, I, I started off in internet marketing. And this is where you learned about um, SEO, search engine optimization, link building, you know, on-page SEO, off-page SEO. And when I got my first PayPal, I was like, yo, this, this internet thing is real. And um, so then I fast forward a few years later, uh, someone was telling me about eBay. I switched over from Android to iPhone. So I had all these Android phones sitting in my um, in my nightstand. I was talking to somebody at work, uh, water cooler talking about, man, I got to get rid of all these phones. I, I don't have any use for these Androids. And this dude was like, dude, just put them on eBay. I was like, eBay, is anybody still use that anymore? He's like, yeah, yeah. I, I sold my phones in there, man. I sold them like a day. He's like, put it on there and just see what happens. I was like, all right. So I didn't think anything of a couple of days go by. And anyway, I'm sitting in my office and I'm about ready to wrap it up for the night. And I was like, hmm. So I took, I went and got the phones out of my nightstand, took a picture, put them on there. By the time I finished putting the third phone on there, turned on my lamp and all this other stuff in my in the house we were renting at the time, walked to my room, uh, walked to our bedroom, started getting ready for bed. My phone goes off the first phone. And so 
Well, so I was like, oh, okay, that was cool. You know what I'm saying? And then so, you know, I, I, I get, you know, get myself ready for bed. I wake up the next morning, both phone, the other two phones are sold. So all three phones are sold in a matter of hours. So I'm getting them wrapped up and ready. And I'm sitting there looking like, yo, I got $300 in my PayPal account. I was like, man, there's something to this <laughs> again. Right. right. And so when I got home from work, I started looking in our closets, in our spare bedrooms, and I I just compiled all this stuff, started taking pictures and listening to it, and the stuff was selling like every day. So I started selling stuff on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I started going to garage sales on weekends. I would go to like Ross, TJ Maxx, and I would buy like shoes that were, I bought like the Katie's, I bought some of the Westbrooks, I bought like jerseys that, you know, you can get cheap stuff at TJ Maxx stuff, tag still on it. I get it for $20, $30 for a pair of shoes or a jersey, turn around, sell it for $160, $70, $80 on eBay. So I was getting like three times the amount because still had the tags on it and stuff. Right. I just took the tag off from TJ Maxx and kept the uh, the you know official tags on them. And I was like, my goodness, what is going on? So um, I ended up, you know, to make a long story short, I ended up going on this app called Periscope. It's a live streaming app owned by Twitter. And I used to just go on there and just kind of show like, you know, my shipments or whenever I would go get a big haul, I would, you know, show all the stuff that I just got. Hey, I'm going to list it. I'm going to sell it. And people started asking me, do you offer courses? Do you do coaching? Do you do a webinar with this? I was like, I don't I don't know what that is. Like, I don't I don't do any of that. I'm sorry. And so the more people that kept asking me, the more I was like, I need to like people are asking to give me money. I need to figure this out. So there was a guy named Kelly James who was a sales coach. And I was watching all these different coaches come online, but he was the only one that seemed truly authentic. He would come on there for 15 minutes, give you some like really good tips, and then he would get off. He wouldn't sell nothing, offer nothing. You know, he would plug his coaching services, but that was about it. And uh, so I reached out to him and I was like, Mr. James, my name is George Pitts. You know, uh, you know, I do this and do that. I know you teach sales coaches. I know this is going to sound really strange, but I was wondering if you would, if I paid you to coach me on how to be a coach. <laughs> and he wrote me back. He's like, I've never had anybody ask me that before. Can you give me some time to think about it? I get back to you. I said, sure. And the next day he emailed me back and, and said, you know, the fact that you really want to, you know, because I put in the email also that, you know, I have these people wanting to offer me money to teach them how to do something. I don't want to just take their money and, and just wing it. I really want to learn how to do it the right way. And um, I really think that you're someone that can help me. And he wrote me back and, you know, after saying, let me think about it and said, because this is something you want to do, I really can appreciate that. I'll take you on for six weeks. This is how much it's going to cost. I shot him the PayPal. I'd never sent that much money in PayPal before to someone I did not know, but it just felt right. And uh, I worked with him for six weeks, the fourth week. He said, OK, I think you're ready. We put out my uh, offer to my audience. It was nice and organized. I had a place for them to go register. I mean, it was organized. I made six thousand dollars that weekend off of this one class. And I did an eBay class every single weekend for the next three and a half months teaching people how to sell on eBay. And that's how I got started with courses, webinars and books and all that other stuff. That was back in 2015. That's five. Wow. OK, so five years strong. I mean, so. Talk about some of just the challenges that you faced so far. So, you know, outside of technical challenge, which, you know, anytime you're dealing with something online, you're dealing with technology, so you're going to run into that. But, you know, the challenges I would think is just getting overwhelmed um, because I did a lot of stuff myself, setting up the courses, recording the courses, sending emails, helping people with technical problems, answering questions. So 
getting overwhelmed up front was the biggest thing because I was making all this money. But one thing I wasn't doing is I wasn't investing back into the business until someone said, who's your assistant? You know, who, who do you use? Because you do such a, you know, they do such a good job doing this. I'm like, oh, I do that. Well, who does this for you? Oh, I do that too. And then someone said like, well, why are you doing all this yourself? Like you're doing a good job, but why don't you get an assistant? I was like, an assistant? Like, well, you know, do I need to put like an ad on Craigslist or something? They said, no, no, like, you know, because this was still when Craigslist was popping still. They said, no, like, you know, go on like Fiverr. And I'm like, Fiverr, what's that? Because I didn't know what that was. And man, then I started learning about virtual assistants and graphic designers <laughs> and landing page builders and all this stuff that I was like spending so much time trying to figure out. It was like these people that would do it for like $5, $15, $20. And man, once I incorporated that, it was like things took off. But that was a challenge for me was letting go because I'll be honest with you. I went through several VAs, several graphic designers, and several social media managers. And what the people that are listening, what I want you to know is that most of it wasn't their fault. It was mine. I didn't know what I wanted them to do. It's like I hired them and was just expecting them to know what to do. And because I didn't know what I really wanted and how to communicate with them, a lot of times I would get so frustrated, I would just do it myself. But the more I look back at it, the more I was like, I should have just explained it to them exactly this way. Instead, I just said, hey, I need you to do this. And they're like, okay, I'll go do it, sir. You know, And I wouldn't tell them I wanted to look like this. I wanted this color. So when they would send it to me, and in my head, I wanted blue and black, and they send it to me in this red and yellow, I'm jumping down their throat. And I didn't even give them any indication of what I wanted. So mm. The biggest challenges was just knowing, you know, how to let go of some of that stuff. And then when I let it go, how to properly communicate with the people of what exactly I wanted. That was probably the biggest challenge I can say that you'll have when it comes to the online business game. Okay. So, you know, I like the fact that you brought up hiring people and bringing people on board to help, you know, support and facilitate your vision. So can you talk a little bit about your process for vetting that person? So I'll tell you exactly what it is. So what I normally do is I'll I'll create an ad. I know Fiverr has an ad right now where you can put stuff on it, but mostly I use Upwork now, upwork.com. And so I basically put an ad out there. Let's say I'm looking for a virtual assistant. I list specifically what I want that person to know how to do. Once I submit that job out there, what I usually ask them for is I usually just ask for something basic to get an idea of what it is that they can do. Sometimes I'll even say, look, I'll pay you for an hour of your time. I see that you charge $10 an hour, so I'm gonna pay you for an hour of your time, maybe even two. I want you to do this, this, and this. And this is a good way for me to vet out and see how good they are in camera, how good they are with Adobe Illustrator, how good they are with you know my podcast, with editing and putting in the, the different ums and ums. And you know, I'll give them something like that because everyone, especially when you're dealing with people overseas, especially like over in Bangladesh and Philippines and stuff, they'll say they can do a lot of stuff that they really can't do. They're familiar with it, but they just really want the job because they need the money. And I understand that. So I usually give them some tasks to do that, you know, if they could do these tasks really well, I could live with some of the stuff they may not be able to do as well. And maybe even just bring someone else in to handle that part if they're not good at it, as long as they're really efficient in this part. And that's kind of how I vet it out. Some people may not be able to afford to do that, but I'd say if you're looking for someone long term, it would be worth it to invest $100. So if you find, you know, if you put in like something for a VA, you're going to get about 100 responses. So if you can find 10 solid people in that thing, it wouldn't be bad if their average was $10 an hour to say, hey, I'm going to pay you for an hour of your time and give them a task to do. 
Because I'll tell you something, you'll save a lot more money going that route than bringing someone on, having them try to do something. They spend two or three hours. You end up seeing they're, they're not what you want. Then you go back to the well, have them do it. for, And before you know it, you spent like three or $400 and you still ain't got anything that you set out to have done first. So that's kind of my process. I know it's, you know, it sounds like, man, you, you do, you pay them, but trust me, you will eliminate so many people and in, in, in bringing the right people. That little bit of investment you make to vet out people will be one of the best. Investments. Absolutely. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, man. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the results, right? Because you start with the lawn business, you go into eBay and like now you're, you're kind of building your own business and your own brand and, and you've got people working for you and helping you and facilitating your vision and all these things. So what has being able to monetize your natural skills done for your lifestyle? It has reduced my stress level by 20%. Let me tell you something, man. When you're operating in your purpose, when you're operating in something that you know how to do, you don't you work, but you don't labor. A lot of people don't realize this. There's a difference between laboring and working. And when you're working, you're just operating. You're you're flowing. So I think, you know, whenever you get the right team and the right people in place, and then you're doing what your purpose to do, because at the time, my thought process is I just want to make money. I just want to sell on eBay, make money. I got this full time job. I'm making three grand a month doing eBay. I'm making four grand a month in my job. I'm doing really well. And that was what I thought. But then once I stepped into this element, I started to really see that God was showing me that, yo, you're supposed to help people. You're supposed to show people what they should be doing. You're supposed to be bringing out of people what I've already put in them. And once I started doing that and giving people strategies and, and pulling that out, I would I still to this day even shock myself on how someone can just explain to me what it is that they do or what they're trying to do or what they're good at. And I can put something together so fast and they're just like, oh, my God, like, how did I not see that? And it's so natural for me. Like, I don't I don't I don't labor doing it. And it just I have my stressful days. Don't get me wrong. But for the most part. Operating at this level is one of the most enjoyable things I have. It's, it's been better for my better quality of life, better with my family, everything. So I used to have really bad anxiety. And I've noticed, uh, well, I'm, I mean, I can, I can say this. Uh, my I haven't had an anxiety attack or anything like that in years. And I just because I, you know, I don't have that, that level of stress that I used to have. And um, it's just it, it's, it's just a beautiful thing. So talk to me about how. When somebody's going through this process, right? And because again, we can try things all day and they may not be for us or, you know, you stumble across something that is for you. So how do you know that you found that skill that's really going to pay off and that's going to be work instead of labor? Let's just say this. Let's say, you know, okay, I'm very good at administrative tasks and you are sitting down and you're like, okay, I could do that. You, you can start flowing out. I could do office uh, applications for people. I can do, I can check their email. I can tend to their schedule. You start, all these ideas start flowing out. If you are sitting down and you're like, I think today I'm going to be a life coach. And you're literally sitting there writing down and you got at the top of your paper, life coach. And you're, you're literally like clogged up with what you want to do next. And you're and, and it's just causing you anxiety and frustration, not being able to figure out, OK, where do I start? What do I do? Why, why am I not figuring this out? You need to go back to the drawing board. 
things should flow out of you naturally when you're doing something that you're naturally good at and what you're naturally you know, supposed to do. It's not going to be like that when you're writing a book. Sometimes you're going to run into some writer's block, but for the most part, you know, at eight, eight o'clock, if it's 848 and you're still just have life coach at the top and maybe something that you scribbled out a couple of times, maybe life coach isn't what it is, or maybe we need to niche down a little bit and, and figure out within life coach, what niche is that? Uh, so I think that's the most important part when it comes to, you know, understanding what you, what direction you should go. Okay. So um, talk about that a little bit, the, the niching down. I mean, where, what is the value in picking a specific niche versus just kind of going general and being an across the board expert in, in, a, in a certain field? So I'll take the physician approach. When you have a cold or you have an upper respiratory infection, if you can't get into your general practice, you know, physician, you're going to go to an urgent care. But everybody's going there for different things. Right. And so, you know, they have to do a little bit more marketing. They have to see a lot of different people. And it's just a grind when you are specialized, like, for instance, like an ear, nose and throat doctor. Right. If you know you got tonsillitis or something like that, one of those doctors are going to see you to an ENT. An ENT knows exactly what to look for every time that that person comes. You either have, you either need to remove your agnoids, you need to remove this or whatever. And when you're specialized, you command more money. You don't have to worry about working so hard to try to attract people because when you're known for something specifically, people eventually attract to you, right? I need someone that can help me with Facebook ads. You know, so the thing is, if there's someone that is known for Facebook ads, there's people that are going to be like, yeah, I can help you with that. But this person right here, this is all they do. I mean, if you want to get your Facebook ads together, this is good. So when you when you niche down and like, you know, you basically decide something within a broader niche, like, for instance, if you're in the health and fitness industry, that's a broad niche. And you might niche down and say, I want to help people lose weight. And then you might niche down and say, I want to help mothers who have, you know, just had children lose weight. Right. So if there's a mother that just, you know, had a baby and they, you know, gained some baby weight. Yeah, there's all these people that teach about how to lose weight and how to do this. But if you got a person that specifically deals with mothers that just had babies and they can tell you what vitamins to take to level your levels back out and what foods to take that can naturally put your balance back up. A person that's looking to lose weight for that specific reason is going to attract to a person that that's specifically what they work for versus someone that just says, oh, I help bodybuilders. I help average people. I help people who want to gain weight, want to lose weight. You know, that's like a Walmart approach versus you know, over here, you're kind of getting like a Best Buy approach, all electronics instead of cars, electronics, oil changes, grocery. You know what I'm saying? Right, so, right, right. Um, you know, I think that's the importance of it. And plus, like I said, it allows you to become more valuable to the marketplace. OK, so a question that I received because I posed some questions to my audience. And one of the questions that I received back from them was how do you balance doing something you love that may not pay well? versus doing something that pays well, but you may not be super passionate about, even though you may be, you know, even slightly skilled in that area, um, you're not necessarily passionate about it. What's your take on that? So I think that every type of skill set has a level of value for it if you put it in front of the right people. Um, You know, going back to the whole virtual assistant thing, you know, I know some people that, you know, were executive assistants in corporate for years you know, making a pretty average income and going over into the online side, being virtual assistants and making a six figure income. 
So I think what people have to do is that you have to take what you love and you got to be creative with it. You got to find a way to make what you love creative because there's there's people that that love what they do, but they 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 stay stuck in that arena. And sometimes we just got to we, we just got to get creative with it. It's just like uh, I was uh, there's a person that I know that was a janitor. And they had lost their job when this warehouse that we all worked at closed. And so they started doing um, buildings on the weekends, like little uh, surgery centers and doctor's offices. They would clean those buildings and they were making really good money. Where their money really kicked in was they made this chemical that basically allowed allowed the surgery centers to be like sterile to where it wasn't sticky from like pond saw and all this other stuff. And it was something that ended up just really taking off. And they started offering it to other janitorial companies that clean medical buildings and made a ton of money off of selling that still to this day on in addition to their janitorial business. So sometimes you just got to find a way to get creative with what you do. I mean, if if a person loves to cook, maybe you got to do something a little more creative, such as coming out with a recipe book, maybe renting out a uh, an Airbnb and doing some weekend lessons on teaching people how to make romantic dinners and setting up tables within that Airbnb to show people not only how to make food as a couple, but how to place the place, how to sit down, how to do different things. And so, you know, just imagine renting an Airbnb, paying $150 a night and you charge people $100 a couple, five couple max to come in and show them how to make like you know, a filet mignon properly with, you know, fresh mashed potatoes and chives and, you know, how to pick out fresh vegetables and, and make them, you know, very, you know, see, you know, very good tasting. You know, that's five hundred dollars minus your hundred and fifty. That's three hundred dollars for just one night. So you're doing basically you got to find a way to be creative with the things that you love to allow that to be profitable for you, because even if you got to do some extra work with it, because you love it so much, it won't be labor. It would just be work for what you really want, which is a profitable uh, business or a profitable model that, you know, allows you to work in the, the arena that you want to be in, but also make money to sustain. Okay. So let's talk about the financial side, because a couple of the things you mentioned had had a slight little you know, uh, upfront cost to them. So do you need to have a lot of money to get started with your own business or your side hustle or anything like that? Absolutely not. Um, I think the the biggest uh, thing with people is that some people want to start a business for free. They think that, it, you know, oh, it's an online business. I can just start that for free. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that you you can do. But the thing is, this day and age, you don't need a lot of money to start a business. Um, you can build a website, right? You can, you got Squarespace Wix that makes it super easy to do it. You're talking about, you know, if you got a hundred dollars, you could probably pay up for a year of hosting, possibly your domain, get a website up. And then you got all these free platforms to choose from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter to build up your brand, right? Post stuff around your niche. So if I'm a cook, I'm going to be posting little one to two minute videos of showing me preparing food. Show, and then taking a picture later of the final dish. So people saw a two minute, one minute clip of me preparing it. And then the next picture is a picture of the food. Then the third one might be a picture of like the inside of the steak or, you know, the me, you know, picking up the, the Alfredo and then showing the cheese or, you know, something to get people's mind like, yo, this looks amazing. So that when I'm ready to start offering the service that I want, um, I can just, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've got people already's attention at that. So the thing is, find a way to, you know, build your brand, um, get something where people can always find you outside of a social media because you never know your account could get banned. People could flag you. 
always have a place where people can communicate with you. So, you know, get your website, get an email list together. I'd say, you know, if a person had about $300, they could probably start an online business and then grow it from there with, like I said, setting up your website, maybe paying someone to set up a few other things, getting your lead magnets together and that kind of thing. So I know a lot of the listeners that are hearing this are, you know, parents, their spouses, they work full time jobs. So where can those people kind of start finding the time to to start building that online presence and start implementing some of the things you've already talked about? Right. So, uh, you know, what you have to do is you have to find those 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 uh, working pockets. That's what I like to call it. Your working pockets are going to be somewhere around one to two hours before your alarm is scheduled to, to go off. So if it's scheduled to go off at seven to get the kids ready, you need to be up about about five, five thirty. And I know that can be difficult, but, you know, whenever you're trying to make something work, you got to make sacrifices. Maybe that's sacrificing an hour or two of sleep. Uh, if you're getting your kids down at eight o'clock, you know what I'm saying? They, you, you need to be working on stuff about eight thirty, you know, to about ten, ten thirty. Right. So you got a four hour window there. Also. You're going to have to sacrifice some vacation. So a lot of people that work full time and different things, you get PTO. So you can take a week off. So if your kids normally go to school or, you know, they're they're in daycare, take a week off and spend that time building up your brain a little bit more, more time to focus on it, more time to record that course and build that passive income product. And, you know, start taking advantage of the times you have. Like if you know you're going into a three day weekend because of a holiday, take that Friday and that Tuesday off if you know you're going to have Monday. So you got four, you know, so you technically got two days solid that you could work on something Friday when your kids are in school. You're with your kids Saturday and Sunday. Everybody's out on Monday. You take them back on Tuesday. Now you got Tuesday. So just be creative. Instead of taking a one week vacation, be creative with those those PTO days for a week and use two every other month on a three-day weekend or something like that and use that to effectively build your business so you can have those times where you got a couple hours when you're with the fam and whole days when you're not like what i would like to call a personal vip day and really you know get after it attend some classes you know and just really implement some stuff and use those eight hours to really dial into what you want to do not to mention don't be sleeping on your lunch breaks pack a lunch Go out to your to your to your car, you know what I'm saying. Get on the guest network of the companies. You know if you got your have your laptop or something, you can get a lot of work done in 30, 45 minutes in the parking lot. It's only a two minute walk back to the from your from your car to your to to the office. So use that 50 minutes to put some things in, and you know what I'm saying have a sandwich or two, you know, and and work yourself out of that situation. Because like I said, when you start something like that, the goal is to work yourself out of. And those 5.30 a.m. mornings, those 10.30, 11 p.m. nights, using those PTO days, you know, to not have a vacation that you want, but at least work towards that. That's what's going to bring you closer to be able to achieve those things. Then if you're making, you know, six figures in your business in a full time environment, now you've got for me, because I'm, I'm a person that thinks of wealth and, and I want wisdom. If I'm making six figures in my business and I'm making 60, 70,000 at work. I'm going to work at least another year with that because that's 60 grand that I could save and have a really, really nice cushion. Then if I still am making that six figures consistently in that year, I can work on making that 250,000. But I got 60 grand over here for my full time job because some people, they'll make the mistake, Mike, of where they will go. And once they start making money consistently in their business, they'll cut off the job immediately. Like for me, it's like, yo. 
if, you, if, if it's not like taking too much stress, keep building that money. I mean, that's 60 grand. That's a that's a rental property you can invest into. That's some index funds or mutual funds. That's a really, really good emergency fund, by the way. High interest yield savings account. I mean, just think of all the possibilities of having 50 plus grand sitting in an account while you're making six figures over here, which is still more than you need to live off of. You could do some serious damage, man. And you literally take wealth building to a whole nother level at that point, at that part. So earlier we talked about niching down, right? And kind of having that ideal customer in mind. Mm -hmm. So once you've gotten that and you know, okay, I'm targeting this person and this is what I want to go after. This is the problem they have and all those sorts of things. How do you, one, find that customer and then, two, know how to properly price that product that you're offering? So the way that you find that customer is speaking to their problem. What does that person currently have that you can fix? So let's go back to our, our, our old friend, Let's just call her Dina. And Dina is, is helping women who just had babies lose weight. You would make posts, you know, one way to lose. Do you know that after you have a baby, your your estrogen levels are at this high, which means that you're more susceptible to, you know, keeping fat on. And, I'm, and I, I don't know if that's true. I'm just throwing this out there. But, you know, you're more susceptible. You putting stuff out there. But, you know, if you if you find the right balance in your nutrition and in vitamins, this could help level out those levels to where you're less susceptible to taking on baby weight and, and, and being able to burn it three times faster than someone that doesn't know this. Right. Ask me how. And then you've got, you know, what I'm saying then you could plug that like an ebook, a low price product. So th the thing is, is you want to find whatever the pain point is. If I was a realtor and I want to help people become first time home buyers. 40 to 60 percent of those people, one of their problems is, is well, two of their problems is one is money and two is credit. So start speaking to credit. Do you know you need a 640 credit score to in order to qualify for an FHA loan? Right. Uh, you know, in order to improve your credit, you need to do these five things and you just go over the five tips. You're telling them what and why they need it, but you sell them the how. So when you're speaking to the problem, people that want to buy their first house are like, oh, so that's the kind of score I need. But right now I've got a 575. If your credit score is, you know, less than 640, you need to DM me. If your credit score is 640, say me below, right? I'm going to come out with a series over the next couple of days to teach you how to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, that's where you start to, I, I think one of the best products for people who are starting out to come out with is like a book. It's a lower price product. It's something that many people can afford regardless of their income levels. And this gives you an opportunity to shine in the way of someone buying something from you based off the content and information that you put out that shows you're an expert in what you do, I'll buy your $20 book. And if you get all these rave reviews and, you know, people are like, you know, I'm interested in doing this and you're seeing people, you know, you're telling them, okay, you're going to need three and a half percent down. So on a hundred thousand dollar house, you're going to need this much money down plus closing costs. So you're looking at about seven to $8,000 down. Is this something you guys will be able to do? Oh, yeah. Me and my wife are at work. We both work, work full time. If I know can, the majority of the people that have bought my book or answered that question are in that, that time frame or in that income frame, I know, OK, I can come out with a mid tier product like a course or something like that at 97 or 197. And this is something that someone that appears to be in my target audience can afford. And it's something that I can passively sell once I actually 
you know what I'm saying, bring it in. Then once I get these people to get their first property, I record them as a testimonial. I plug that in, um, you know, on my social media. And then I find the next group of people that are just like them and bring them right back into the funnel. Here's a book. Here's a course. And I also offer coaching. And then it just becomes this ecosystem. You get people in, you take them through, you give them the results, you get the, the testimonial and you just keep shuffling people in and out just like this. Man, if you are a realtor and you did not have your pen and paper out when that man was speaking right there, you just cost yourself a bag. Rewind this, go back, play it again. <laughs> so, George, I have to ask, before we get out of here, I want to know, what do you think is just probably the most common mistake that people make early on when they're trying to monetize their skill set? Not investing back into their business. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is that when you sit out and you say, okay, I want to monetize this. There's only so much that you can get from YouTube University, Google University and everything else, because you're only going to get bits and pieces in most of these places. So the thing is, is that you are the business. You've got to invest back into you. The biggest mistake I see people make is thinking they can do everything themselves and figure the whole thing out. And what ends up happening is that you might get in the door, you start to get people, but they, they quickly see you're not organized. You're, you know, you're not responding to the emails. You're showing up late to the coaching sessions because you, you don't have a calendar set up or a scheduling thing set up. And so many things are out of whack to where people just stop messing with you. They stop engaging with your content. They stop posting. So you go from getting 100, 200 likes, 20, 30, 40, 50 comments to 50 likes, maybe four or five comments. And then before you know it, you just fizzle out. So I think the biggest mistake that people make is they don't build on their momentum, right? If your content is strong, everything is good, build on that. That's the first, that's one of the best things I probably ever did was when my momentum was big on Periscope and people were like, yo, this dude is getting in these shipments from China. He's got this storage uh, facility full of stuff. We, you know, I want you to teach me how to do that. The best investment I made was reaching out to that coach and having them walk me through how to properly do that. Hey, George. Hey, man, I appreciate this. This has helped me a lot. And I know it's helped some of the listeners kind of put things into perspective as they learn more about side hustling and making more money. So final thing for you, I just want to give you an opportunity because you've been so great to tell people a little bit more about who you are, where they can find you. And if you have anything to offer, feel free to share it. Yes. Yeah, so my name is George Pitts. Um, I'm a business uh, business coach and personal finance strategist. Uh, very, very, uh, very passionate about building wealth. Um, I have multiple rental properties. You know, my son has a stock portfolio. I have a stock portfolio. My wife has one. Um, I own multiple businesses. I have an IT consulting business. Of course, my rental properties. We have an eBay store. Uh, we've got our uh, online coaching business. I've got multiple digital products. What I do and what my niche is, is I love to help people develop strategies to leverage what they currently know, their knowledge, their skills, and leverage that to the right audience to build multiple um, digital products, to build multiple in, uh, streams of income. Uh, I believe that everyone has something that is not that, that is valuable to the marketplace and people are willing to pay you for it. It's all about putting yourself in front of those people and showing them just how dope you really are. And that's what my specialty is. You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest, on YouTube, uh, soon to be YouTube, but it is up uh, at, at Mr. George Pitts. 
Uh, my website is at, or excuse me, MrGeorgePitts.com. And of course, on all social media platforms is at MrGeorgePitts. Uh, definitely give me a follow. Shoot me a message. Let me know you heard this. Uh, and uh, like I said, uh, you know, it just brings me a lot of joy, man, to be able to connect with people. I'm still I'm still shocked. I got more than, you know, two followers, you know, my mom and my wife. So that, you know, I still am really, really giddy, even though, you know, I'm, I'm you know, well over that amount now. So. <laughs> well, hey, George, thank you so much for coming on and again, sharing how we can take our natural skills, our natural abilities and find ways to use them to make money, to build generational wealth and all those things. As I said in the beginning, if you teammates want to connect with George and learn more from him, go to winningtowealth.com slash episode 26. It's there that I will be linking to all of his social media profiles, his website, all of that stuff. Also, if you want to continue the discussion on ways that you can monetize your skills as you build wealth, head over to our online community, which you can find at winningtowealth.com slash teammates. That is winningtowealth.com slash teammates. But until we talk again, keep racking up those wins one at a time. Take care. You've wrapped up another episode of the Winning to Wealth podcast. To learn more about how you can start making winning money decisions, head over to winningtowealth.com.